Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Oh, now, um, we're going to go ahead, and if you also have, I don't know how this would work, but maybe if you have the Uversion app, uh, connect, and you're looking on your computer, I don't know, but your notes are available on the, U, on the Uversion app, on the Bible app, and so we're going to go ahead and do that. And uh, we're in the middle of a series um, called Horticulture, and we're in the, the third week of this, and we're just looking at what it means to, to care for our hearts, to make sure that our hearts are being uh, cultivated, because cultivating our heart is essential. It is absolutely essential to life because it is the, it is the soil where every decision is made. Every decision is made in life comes up, wells up out of your heart. And Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. And we're going to get back into the scripture that I just mentioned a minute ago in the generosity part, of trust in the Lord with all your heart. Sometimes we want to feel like that we can trust God with everything from an intellectual perspective, but there are things that go beyond our intellect. There are things we weren't prepared for, we weren't educated for, and they surpass our understanding, and that's why we need to trust God with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding, in all our ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct our paths. He will show us which steps to be able to take. <clears throat> a couple of marches ago, uh, we had uh, one of my favorite places in Texas is Enchanted Rock, and uh, I've taken my kids there since they were little, and we have the two little girls. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Cutie and I have seven kids, and so um, we've got the five that are a little older, and then we've got two that are um, uh, six and eight right now. And so I decided I wanted them to have the camping experience. So took them to Enchanted Rock uh, out near uh, Fredericksburg area, and we were, it was March, so in the morning it's nice and nippy and cool, but man, as the day warms up, it gets hot. So we had been doing some hiking, and Pressy was four years old at the time, and and we're doing some hiking, and all of a sudden the sun starts coming down. It's about uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and the sun's bearing down, and Pressy is getting hot. And she looks down, and in, on the trail she sees my shadow. Well, my shadow is a lot bigger than her shadow. And she's like, Dad, 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 wait just a second. Um, I want to walk in your shadow. I'm hot, and I just want to be in your shadow. And I was like... That's pretty genius. So she got to where, and we, we navigated where she got into my shadow. So she had shade on the entire journey. I was taking the brunt of the heat. I was taking all that. And she had shade in, the, in the, her entire journey. But for her to be able to do that, first off, she had to acknowledge that it was accessible. And then she had to get position herself into that place. And then she had to walk where I walked at the pace that I moved. See, God's called us to walk with Him. But to be able to do that, we've got to go in His direction at His pace. So many times we want to move forward too fast. We want to hang back too slow. But God has gone to take care of us. But we need to walk with Him. We need to move in His direction at His pace. And if we'll trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding, then 
He can order our steps. He can, he can all of our ways acknowledge Him and He'll make our paths straight. And so as we're looking at this in unprecedented times, as we're dealing with stuff we've never had to deal with, we've got, we've got some sort of weird flu that makes you need toilet paper. We don't even know what, that don't even make sense. This is unprecedented times, folks. And so there's, a, there's shortage on all over, all over the place. It makes us need toilet paper and want eggs. There's no eggs in this town at all. And so it's just, it's crazy. And so as we're dealing with unprecedented times, we have to go to a constant. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For us who are our, our children of God, when we hit these places of uncertainty, when we hit ground we have never dealt with before, we can go back and be anchored to something that is constant. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so it only makes sense, it only makes sense to trust our days to the God of eternity. It only makes sense. It's in the cop out, this is smart for us to trust our days to the God of eternity. Folks, I know this is, thankfully, in my lifetime, this is super bizarre. But you know what? Times of pandemic, times of, of famine, times of, of shortage, t- times of, of fear have, been, have cycled in and out of humanity for all of humanity's existence. Praise God, this is one of the, one of the, the main first ones on this scale of my generation. And so, but, this, but God's not caught off guard. And those who were able to walk with God through much darker, uglier times and trust in Him, I tell you what, if they could do that, we can walk with God in the middle of this. And so, as a church, now if you're not part of Celebration Church or you're checking us out, I'm going to be making some references that refer to us as a church family and, and, a, and a series we just walk through called Hopscotch. The, what, this, this message is going to help you whether you, this is your first time to connect with Celebration Church at all. But this is really a message to help our, our church body. Um, because here's the truth. The reason we co- connect, the reason we come to church, the reason we're in our small groups, the reason we do our personal Bible studies is because there's a place where in our relationship with God that we need to put God's Word in us <clears throat> in a time where there's no stress. When everything, life is just flowing. Because stressful times are going to come and we need God's word in us when the stress times show up. So that we're, we know how to respond. We know how to deal with these different things. And we just walked through a hopscotch series about how to get over things. And I tell you what, in this pandemic thing, it's like everything you've got, to, there's one thing after another you have to get over. Having to get over, having to go to work or not go to work. Everybody that, that has to go to work wishes they were able to stay home and, and goof off. Everybody that is having, um, is having to stay at home wishes they could go to work and make a buck and have life normal. It feels like there's constantly something to get over. The person in front of you took the last roll of toilet paper. And you want to th- forget, your, forget your Christianity and give them the old, uh, the old elbow and, and take that toilet paper back. Man, there's these places where... We are just, there's something constantly having to get over. And in the Hopscotch series, 
We spent an entire series looking at this passage of Scripture we're about to look at again. And I want us to collectively revisit it because we spent a lot of time on it recently. And it can become this thing where it's, it's this place where it's solid in our hearts, where we can lean on it strong. And we were in Romans chapter 8 for that entire series. And let's look at it again. Romans chapter 8 verse 37 says, No, in all these things we're more than conquerors. We had no idea we were going to be facing stuff with our economy, with our health, with the way we do church. We had no idea we were going to be dealing with all of these issues. When we talked about this just a couple of months ago, but it, it, all these things means all these things. Whether or not it's just the regular stresses of life or brand new unprecedented stresses of life. In all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And Paul again says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life. You know what? This, this virus has rocked some families. Praise God, it's not around us. But around the globe, it has rocked some families. And people have, have had to deal with death. And we have the assurance that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future. And as uncertain as the immediate future is right now, we don't have to be fearful of it. Nor any powers that's whether, what our governments are going to do or not do. We don't have to be fearful about that. Neither height nor depth. Like how deep is this thing going to go? How big is it going to grow? Nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We don't have to be fearful on any front. We are connected to the love of God in Christ Jesus. And we don't have to back off of that, not for a second. So if we're not going to be freaked out about tomorrow, we're sitting here and it's a Sunday. Most of us spend Sundays at church. We're watching church online. We're doing that kind of thing. We're kind of comfortable with this moment. The question is, is what about tomorrow? So if let's, first off, let's put tomorrow in its proper perspective. We've got to understand the limits of tomorrow. Um, I, I dare you to go to Joe's Crab Shack and get some of the uh, free crab that they advertise. Uh, of course, it'd have to be a curbside takeaway right now because you can't, you can't go inside the restaurant. So you have to go and get some curbside takeaway free crab on the, the, what they advertise on the outside of their building because it's big letters that says free crab tomorrow. Free crab tomorrow. Guess what? You never get any free crab from Joe's Crab Shack because when you show up, it ain't tomorrow, it's today. And the free crab is for tomorrow. It's always for tomorrow. We have to understand the limits of tomorrow. So many times we, we try to load up tomorrow when all we have to live is today. God gives us today. Yes, you've embraced a lot of tomorrows, but every tomorrow you've ever enjoyed happened in a today. And so we understand that tomorrow can't be lived today. It can't be lived today. We have to live today todays. And so, therefore, we can't be freaked out about it. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, Don't boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what that day may bring forth. Do you have any idea how many days I was going to go running tomorrow? Do you have any idea how many times I was going to go to the gym tomorrow? I could boast. Oh, man, tomorrow, man, I'm going I'm to work out so hard. Man, I'm going to sweat. I'm going to get so cut and so lean tomorrow. It's going to be amazing. Boast about tomorrow. How much money you're going to save 
tomorrow. How much all these things. Man, every, every teenager's favorite day to clean their room, tomorrow. And tomorrow we have to understand that we can't, it can't be lived. It can't be lived today. And so we can't boast about tomorrow. We can't, we can't enjoy all the grandeur of tomorrow today. We just have to live today. But at the same time, we can't freak out about tomorrow. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 34, it says, Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day comes with its own hurdles, its own issues, its own things you're going to have to deal with. And so we can't freak out about it. We can't worry about it. I love the way that the message translation puts this. Because sometimes we need things in a, worded and a little bit different to kind of break us out. Especially those of us who spend a lot of time in the scriptures. And Eugene Peterson puts it beautifully. And we're going to back up to actually to verse 31. Verse 31 says, now what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. Let's relax. I think we all need to relax. We're all a little bit uptight. We're all a little bit freaked out. Now let's relax. We're trying to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. Every day God wants to give you something. Every day that you're having to quarantine, self-quarantine, social distance, whatever it is, God's got something he wants to give you. And if we're so preoccupied with all of the other issues, we will miss what God has wanted to speak and do and act in this moment. Can't be so preoccupied with getting so we can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God, we want to know God better so we can trust him more. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how He works. It goes on to say, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God's provision. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. See, if you steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God's provision you got to steep your life and let it get in there. That steeping is, is like making a tea, and you take the tea bag and you stick it in the water, and you just let it sit. And then all of a sudden, that, that it begins to change the nature of what's in that cup. It begins to change the nature of it, change the flavor. Give it some caffeine, maybe. Give it some antioxidants, maybe. begins to change the nature of it. But you, you've got to steep it in the right thing. This past fall, um, my cutie introduced me um, to a drink that she has enjoyed for a while uh, from Starbucks. I'm a coffee drinker. I like coffee. And so if I go, um, and, and I like all the coffees. I, I like the uh, black coffee. I like dressed up sweet coffee. I like all the coffees. And so if I go to Starbucks or one of the barista places, I'm going to get a coffee. Well, I had a, had a little sore throat, which um, if that was happening right now, everybody would be running away from me, uh, thinking I was corona infected. Uh, but I was just dealing with normal stuff uh, last fall. And uh, so Cutie had compassion on me, and she's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to bring you um, a medicine ball. Okay? Now, if you go to Starbucks and you look at the, at the menu, it does not say medicine ball on there. But if you go to Starbucks and you say, I want a medicine ball, they know what you mean. They know. It's like a secret menu item. And so what this is, is this is a jade mint tea and a um, peach tranquility tea with a little bit of honey 
that has been brewed and steeped in lemonade. Okay? And so they put these different stuff. Now, Cutie tricked me because she told me it was a mint dill because she knows I hate peach. I don't like the smell of peach. I don't like the color peach. I don't like peach candy. Peach is nasty. And so, but it has peach tranquility in it. But with the mint and the lemonade, it kind of covered up the peachiness. And so she didn't tell me till later, and I found out that it has peach in it. Now I drink this peach tea stuff. I can't believe it, but it's covered up. And so, but, so she got me this drink, and man, it was just so good. And, and now I drink coffee at home, but if I go to Starbucks, I'm getting a medicine ball. And so as we've done some traveling, I've been to different Starbucks, and I went to one of them, and I said, hey, do you do a medicine ball? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, perfect. I need a venti medicine ball. Thank you. And so they give, it, they give it to me, but somebody somewhere messed up at that Starbucks, and they took that tea and a little bit of honey, and they stuck it in water. They just stuck it in water. They didn't stick it in lemonade. It's steeped in water. That stuff was nasty. It was no good. It needs to be in the lemonade. It needs to be, it needs to be steeped in the lemonade. It was not what I was wanting. It was not what I needed. It needed to be in the lemonade. What you steep in matters. This is why we are church. This is why we come to church and we gather because we steep our lives in God reality. Why? Because at some point there's going to be stuff that rocks our reality. And we need to have our lives steeped in God's reality or else it's going to rock us to our core. And we need to steep it. If you steep your life in something else, the results are going to shift. They're not going to be what you wanted them to be. The message translation goes on. It says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. If we've steeped ourselves in God reality, he'll help us deal with whatever hard things come. Folks, some hard things have come. Some hard things have come. I don't know when it's going to be over. I don't. I wish I could tell you. Um, It's messed up our plans for us as a church. It's messed up all sorts of of personal things. I, I wish that I could tell you when this is going to be over. But what I can tell you is that God is with us all the way through. And what the enemy has meant for bad, God turns to good over and over and over again. And whether it is for us as a church body, whether it's for you and your family, whether it's for you and your your finances, any of that, I'm telling you, you lean unto God. You don't back off for a second. You grab a hold of this truth that we've been steeping ourselves in, that, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, and we don't back off for a second. Because the truth is, is that too many people... Ruined today by fearing that tomorrow will be like yesterday. We, we are freaked out. Is it going to just keep on? Is it just going to keep on? Us here in West Texas, as it was happening around the globe and then started to come, and we were like, oh, you know, it's not going to affect us. It's not going to affect us. I got on an airplane when in the middle of all this to go to Kenya. It's like, it's not going to affect us. My wife was like, hey, uh, honey, uh, it might affect us. Guess what? I spent 50 hours in Kenya because it affected us. And I had to jump on a plane way ahead of schedule and get back here um, before everything got locked down. And so we, we, so many times we can, but then once it hits, well, then it rocks our world. And we think, oh man, is this going to go on forever? <clears throat> and so what I want us to do 
at once we've looked at this idea that nothing separates us from God. Um, folks, we've got we've to use this. We've got to use this moment to understand that we've put that seed of the word in our hearts as a church body. And now let's look and see what, how our hearts, as we cultivate this, this, this heart of culture thing, how we respond to it. Let's look at the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus says, and he's, he's describing and explaining the parable. He says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When someone hears the message about the kingdom, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not height nor depth nor power nor anything else, okay? We hear that, get a hold of it. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, maybe they reject it, maybe they don't want it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. And this is the seed that's sown on the hard path. Doesn't get in any ground, doesn't grow, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't germinate, doesn't do anything. Um, and then there's one who received the seed that fell on the rocky places. Is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Oh, this is good, this is exciting, nothing's going to separate me from, from the love of God. But since he has no root, he lasts only a fort. A short time for when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, it quickly falls away. Oh, nothing's going to separate me from the love of God uh, except Corona. Oh my gosh. If God loved us, where did this Corona thing come from? God, I thought you were for us. I thought you were a good God. Guess what? He promised us in this world we would have trouble, but take heart. He's overcome the world. This is why we lean in. That's why the, the scriptures tell us nothing is going to separate us from the love of God. Because sometimes it'll feel like something's going to separate us from the love of God. That will be challenged. And we have to hang on to it. We've got to put this word in us and hold on to it. Don't just love it in the good times. And when trouble or persecution come, abandon it. Because it says the, the word will not produce what it's supposed to produce. It withers away. And then... There's the one who received the seed that fell among the thorns. Is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it and make it unfruitful. Now, the first one never germinates. The second one germinates and dies. And in my mind for years, this third one, the plant was dead too. But it's not what it says. It says it grows, but something chokes it out. It's not that, it, that the soil rejects it. It's not that it doesn't grow. There's just other things growing around it that don't allow it to be fruitful. And what are those things that are not allowing it to be fruitful? That we've, those of us who've received the word and believe that God is not going to leave us or forsake us, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, what comes in? It says the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. What is attacking us right now? Economic fears and health fears and family fears and all these, these worries of life and the deceitfulness of of wealth are attacking us right now and if we're not careful it will choke out what the word wants to accomplish in our lives it's not that we've rejected it it's not that we need a new scripture it means we need to get rid of we need to prune the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth and then once that's removed then it can flourish but until then it's choked out it's choked out but here's what we want we want the heart of culture thing that that um but the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. Another place that says that it, with a noble and open heart receives it. 
and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. I want us to just all pause for a moment and have a little bit of a heart check. Because I'm going to say a phrase. And let's just see what happens internally. And my phrase is this. The next 30 days. The next 30 days. As you think about the next 30 days, is your heart at peace? I'm not, there's no condemnation if it's not. We just need to know. You need to know. Is your heart at peace? Is it at rest in the middle of the uncertainty? Or when I say the next 30 days, is all of a sudden they begin to freak out a little bit, a little internal anxiety begin to well up. I'm, 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 there's no, no shame in this. Let's just know because there's ways to deal. The scriptures tell us what to do when that anxiety shows up. We, we need to, there's some things we can operate in here. But we need to know where we're at. We need to be honest so we know how to move, so we know how to move forward. See, because the truth is that, that living in true trust today lays the foundation for tomorrow. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. That's what faith is. Do we see when this is going to end? Nope. Do we see how it's all going to get fixed? How all the jobs, the economies, the local businesses, all of those different things? No, we don't. But faith is being certain, sure, that God is going to make a path in the middle of a place where it seems like there is no path. The message translation says it this way, that the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. See, there are steps that we need to take today because there are steps we need to take tomorrow. So we need to live in faith today so that we can live properly in faith tomorrow. Living in true faith today lays the foundation for tomorrow. Proverbs 23, 18 says, There is surely a future hope for you and their hope will not be cut off. Your hope is sure. And it's not going to be removed. It's not going to be cut off. We can rest in this truth. But there's a place where we need to respond properly in today. Because what can happen is there's a couple of different actions that can take place where we begin to squander today with the wrong mentality about tomorrow. Isaiah 22 verse 13. Here's one idea of it. It says, it says but see there is joy and revelry, slaughtering of cattle and killing of sheep. That means they're about to be a banquet. There's about to be a barbecue. They're about to load it down. It says, eating of meat and drinking of wine. Let us eat and drink, you say, for tomorrow we die. Man, let's just live it up. Let's just blow it up today because tomorrow is, is, is uncertain and worthless and it's going to be bad anyways. So let's just party while we can right now. It's like the, the Pit Bull song. Cutie can't ever remember Pit Bull's name, so she calls him Bull Snot. And it's what always comes out. So like the Bull Snot song. Uh, it says, uh, give me everything tonight. And it says, give me everything tonight. For all we know, we might not have tomorrow. Let's do it tonight. Don't, 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 don't. Sorry, that is, it's just a catchy tune, man. Not a great message, but man, it's got a good beat. And so, um, but if we... If we do not have the right mentality 
about tomorrow. We will waste today. Part of walking in faith, letting God handle tomorrow, lets us use today right. Let's just invest it correctly. Paul references this same passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, 32. He says, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Paul says, if there's no hope, let's blow it up. Let's party. Let's just, let's just go. But it's not true. There is hope. And we have to make sure and walk today out in faith knowing that God's got tomorrow and tomorrow's got something great in store but let's live today properly so just like we can't pull tomorrow into today we also shouldn't be pushing today into tomorrow we need to be properly stewarding and handling today see procrastination isn't faith otherwise I'd be like a giant of faith because I am a really good procrastinator I can push things off. I'm like, man, we got time. It's going to be good. And so I have to discipline myself to handle what needs to be handled on times. Because I'm just like, oh, it's all going to be good. And Cutie always says, I, I, I wish I could live in Brand's world. It's all rosy and wonderful all the time. And so, but procrastination isn't faith. We, faith has, uh, has a plan today. We trust God today. And Proverbs 3.28 says, Did not say to your neighbor, come back later and, and I'll give it tomorrow when you have it with you now. When you can handle it today, faith says, handle it today. Let's do this. Years ago, we've always got projects going on around the house. I still have projects going on around my house, and, and uh, it's never ending. And so years ago, I just had received a new saw. It was a gift, a circular saw. I was working on a project and, and got going, worked all day, uh, cleaned up, got ready to go to bed, got into bed, got snuggled up. And was in that little place where you're just about to fall asleep when all of a sudden all the little stuff begins to trickle through your brain. And right as I was about to fall asleep, I remembered my saw being outside where it was potentially going to get rained on. There's a chance of rain. And so being, you know, a spiritual man, you know, I, I did the right thing and I went to God in prayer, you know. <laughs> went to God in prayer, prayed a prayer of intercession for my saw and said, Lord, um, you know, please just protect my saw. You know, it was a gift. It's important to me. Um, just, just protect my saw and let's not let it get ruined by the rain. And um, so, you know, I was praying rain away for our entire community uh, for, because, of my, because of my saw. And, man, and the Holy Spirit just rebuked me in that moment and just spoke to my heart and says, I do what you can't do, not what you won't do. And, oh, my gosh, it's like, oh, yes, Lord, I'm so sorry. And I got up and went and opened the back door, grabbed the saw and pulled it in and, and got back in bed and went to sleep. And there's a place where so many times we want to just defer to God. There are places we need faith make, has us take action. And so many times we just want to defer to God and kick our own things that he's called us to do back onto him. And we need to, to not do that. And so the message translation in Luke chapter 9 says, Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize today. And then Isaiah says, come, each one cries. Let me get wine. Let us drink our fill of beer. And tomorrow will be like today or even better. This is the other side of the coin. That doesn't say let us 
let us party it up because tomorrow's going to be ruined. He says, no, we can live it up today because tomorrow's just going to be awesome. Everything's going to be good. And a lot of people, we've kind of lived that way. And maybe we live, it's like, you know what? The economy's always going to be good and I can save tomorrow. And then now we're wishing maybe we'd had some savings. You know what? There's no condemnation. God will provide. God will do that. But we're beginning to see we're living out some things that show where God's wisdom is needed for us in our daily lives. So if we did that little moment, I said the next 30 days, and, and some anxiety began to kind of grip your heart, the Scripture has, has, speaks to that. And it's not that, that all of a sudden having a little anxiety is some sort of horrible sin, and you've just wrecked your life. No, the Scripture says, tells us what to do with it. It's going to show up. It's going to, it's going to try to, to, to be with us. But what we don't need to do is create an anxiety collection and all of a sudden name them and have them and keep them around. No, we need to treat it like a hot potato and move it on. And 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Maybe when I said the next 30 days, some anxiety came in. Cast it onto him because he cares for you. This is where we're knowing God better and trusting Him more. And as we wrap up this morning, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Lean not, lean not, lean not on our own understanding. Our bottom line today is trust all your tomorrows to the God of yesterday, today, and forever. We'll trust him. Trust him. So this morning, I do want to create a moment. Maybe we have some new people tuning in. And I just want to tell you that to have a relationship with God isn't about showing up at a church building, thankfully. It's not about going through a bunch of stuff. It's about recognizing there's a God who loves you and is for you. And, and, and he's the one that made the way. That nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus because God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He did all the work. So if you're at home this morning and maybe you're this today, you're like, I want to have a life in Christ. I want to connect with God. Well, you can just do it right now by just simply saying yes to him by receiving the life of Christ of what he's done for you. And I'm going to pray right now, and then I'm going to loan you some words, and you can just make them your own. They're not magic in any shape, form, or fashion. What makes the difference is you believing it and you making it your own. So we're just going to pray together right quick. I want you to just say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for loving me. And I recognize that in the middle of uncertainty, I can be certain of your love, that you showed your love by sending Jesus. And his death covers my death. And his life gives me life. Today I'm your child. And you're my father. And heaven is my home. And I trust you with earth. And I give it to you. And I give you permission to change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.